Welcome to I Spit on Your Podcast, a monthly show brought to you by the Spinsters of Horror. This is a time once a month where I put down my bloody knitting needles and Kelly steps away from the TV to discuss horror, cult, and subversive cinema through thoughtful analysis, research, and passion. On this episode, we are celebrating our five-year anniversary with a look back at our very first episode, Women Love Horror. It's been a wild ride, and we're <laughs> thrilled to be where we are today. So welcome to Women Love Horror, The Redux. So pick your poison and listen on if you dare. I love horror because it's a break from reality, and there's just a lot of art that goes into it. The people are great, and who doesn't love gore? Oh boy, Jess, Jess. Oh boy. It's been five years. <laughs> it's been five years. Congratulations to both of us um, through making yes. it to five years you know, uh, with the Spinsters of Horror. Yeah, it's quite the feat. Like if you look back, there's not many podcasts that survive this long because I think it's folks realize if they want to do something with it and have it go somewhere, it takes work. We've put a lot of work into this little show of ours for five years, so... It takes so much work, and we didn't realize that until someone had made a comment when we were you were celebrating, uh, renouncing our five years, and someone was like, you know, that's a long time in podcasting years, and I was like, oh, you're right, because there were some podcasts that I was, like, following quite frequently and that, that, that over time just kind of went by the wayside, and the ones that I've stuck with, or the same with you and I with our podcast, is, like, it's just so much work. You have to constantly every month meet up discuss things discuss themes get yourself involved get out there get recognized and have conversations with stuff like that and that's also why we also get tired too (laughs) (laughs) absolutely like it's and also I mean as much as I would not want to be on social media as much as I am it takes a lot of social media promotion and keeping your name on people's feeds and keeping it all out there so I mean it's worth the the hard work I'm very proud to uh, say who we are and our name is becoming more and more recognized which I really really appreciate and love and I think it's really cool but we put a lot of hard work into it to get the results that we're seeing now which is which is fantastic you know so yay to us yay congratulations (laughs) to us we made it to five years as a milestone it is it has been a wild ride with three of them being in a global pandemic oh my god Dude, yeah. who knows, like, how many times have I cried on this podcast in the last three years? And then prior to that, <laughs> never. Um, so it's been, it's been, uh, it's been a wild ride. So yeah, part of our homework was to go back to episode number one, Women Love Horror, yeah. and listen to it, revisit it, and see how we have grown as a podcast. So Jess, how was that listening experience for you? Well, it was so interesting because you were saying, like, as a podcast we have grown right and like right away when I listen to episode one I can tell how much we have grown as a podcast as individuals as people because a lot of my reflection over the last month has just been like how much as individuals we changed and how much people have seen us grow and change from the very beginning because yeah listening to that first episode (laughs) I'm not gonna lie I cringed a lot yeah (laughs) we sounded so serious and (laughs) scripted and nervous like it was a total different vibe then like we were I just remember I I remember feeling nervous like I still get nervous whenever we podcast it's just I'm just a nervous creature but I could hear 
how I wanted to make sure I was sounding perfect and getting all the information out right to everyone, you know, and trying to my best to say names correctly and not talk so fast. I'm still working on that, but it was, it was eye opening. (laughs) And yeah, you sound exhausted. Oh my God. Uh, I sound like I'm sedated. I don't even, I did not even recognize who that person was. Like listening to him, like, who am I? Who, what? Am I asleep? I feel like I was asleep definitely for that first year and then it like slowly got a little bit better, but it it was awful to hear me so sedated. I mean, we all find our podcasting voice, whatever, you know, it's mm-hmm. and now I don't shut yeah. the fuck up and I'm probably obnoxious <laughs> and I'm loud and I am very, you know, passionate, you know, and so it it was it's I don't I again, I barely recognize myself listening to that. And folks, if you're listening to this and you went back to our first episode, please let us know what you think. But like I was asleep. about sharing my own opinion yeah I don't go back and listen to our podcast episodes very often because I'm the editor so I spend a lot of time with our episodes editing it and making sure it sounds so good and stuff like that but definitely Dell I have changed and I've been coming more comfortable with my own voice because in that episode I just felt like we were just like relating fact upon fact upon fact to people and I just wanted to make sure that I was like the historian in me was like be very factual you don't want to lead anyone astray but I also don't want anyone to contradict me or like call me out right because I was also very nervous about finding my voice in the community and having my opinion heard and and now fuck I say fuck a lot apparently (laughs) in our episodes when I have my opinion (laughs) early Jess early podcasting Jess would not say oh yes very proper very proper in my in my language yes yeah well you are the more formal one for sure but I mean, we definitely, you can definitely tell the differences between both of us. But what I thought was really great and interesting to go back to is that the seeds were being sown to where we are oh today. Bringing yes. up Barbara okay. Creek, Carol Clover, bringing yeah. up interesting quotes and ideas. That was there, right? And that was yeah. the essence of what we wanted to do and what we wanted to bring to the table in the podcasting world mm-hmm. were those things. So I loved hearing that because I'm like man how many times we brought up both of those people especially Barbara Creed and the Monstrous Feminine in the last five years like so I just thought we there were some interesting things in it as much as we will be very critical of ourselves I think there were some really great (laughs) nuggets in there that really show that we were going to go somewhere with it so in essence there is uh, some pride that I do feel in that episode oh 100% too and like my only other thing that I cringed about in terms of that episode is the editing because you can tell that I'm very <laughs> new at the editing and trying to figure out the ways and stuff yeah. like that so I hear I listen to it now and I'm like oh I could fix this I could fix that <laughs> I should fix this but that's the only like other item where I'm just like about but the other thing you're talking about about sowing the seeds I thought was really interesting was how you announced sin and tonic 
in that episode. Oh, God. So you're already working on doing a side project with someone else yeah. when in something that's kind of culty yeah. in, in its own way because it was Full Moon Empire Pictures and you and Allie were going to do that whole YouTube show. Sit and Tonic is still up on the YouTube. Yeah. Ch- you, on the YouTube. So I'm such an old person. <laughs> it's on YouTube for people to watch those early episodes. But how that changed and now you are doing a side project with Zobo with a shotgun doing Our Bloody Obsession and you're doing something niche again, which is extreme horror. And so I thought that was interesting seeing how that changed and evolved because Kelly is always a mover and a shaker. (laughs) She's always got different plates spinning everywhere. (laughs) And then I, this past year, started a book club. And I remember in that very first episode, I wanted to make sure that we made mention to horror literature because that was something where my horror journey started, was talking about books. And and also, like, when we planned the podcast, like, we wanted to make sure that books was still an important part of the Spencers of Horror, I Spit on Your Podcast. And so we did a couple of those podcasts episodes where we did I, we sold our souls uh the grady hendrix books and uh, max brooks book de-evolution yeah. but now that's evolved into an actual book club yeah. that i've been doing and it's it's been a lot of fun because i've been getting to meet interesting people and talk about our different opinions about books but reading all kinds of different other books yeah. all over the place and i'm still like growing in that whole mm-hmm. journey so i thought that was interesting to see like five years later these two other things these seeds are planted but they grew into different ways Good point. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, the Cinetonic did not be as fruitful as our bloody obsession is is and will continue to be. But it was fun. Yeah, I always, you know, like to do and want to do interesting things with with interesting films and interesting genres. So, you know, it's... And interesting with people. With interesting people, exactly. <laughs> so you're right. It's just, it's so great to see where we were, where we are, and where we will go. Um, like where things like what we're doing now if that things will grow and change into something elsewhere but yeah you've kind of come I don't want to say full circle because it means that it's it's closed but you've gone back to your roots with your book club and I know you mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. tried with your own person your own personal life to have a book club but that didn't you know that kind of fell through the wayside as well and but this you've like really committed to and people are enjoying it and also gets you talking to different horror fans as well like some people are yeah. really into horror literature and that's oh yeah that's just like a whole other group of individuals that we can connect and and chat with so I think that's really great that you're doing that it's been great I've been really enjoying it it's a small group right now but we're small and mighty Mm -hmm. and then I'm I'm, you know I'm hoping it will grow over the over time but right now I'm happy with how it is and how it operates and I get to talk about interesting books and learn about different authors that I hadn't learned about before outside of you know Stephen King as much as we all appreciate the king of horror Stephen King there are other authors out there and I've, I've gotten to also see a lot of independent authors authors I would have never even heard about outside of like a chapter's bookshelf or something absolutely it all comes down to those mm-hmm. the independents right it's yeah it's so easy to be overwhelmed by stuff that's mainstream and because it's always yeah. being promoted it's in your face that's what makes yeah. it mainstream they've got the the marketing yeah. budget they get all the promoters they get all of that so you'll see all that all the time and little independents even like independent podcasts like ourselves like we have to do the promotion ourselves a couple of years ago did get ourselves onto morbidly beautiful podcast network but we didn't find that that really helped our show very much so 
we parted ways with them. So that's one thing that we kind of gained and quote lost over the five years. But independence, it's all on us to market ourselves, brand ourselves and promote ourselves. And these small like independent um, distributors of films or of books, like they, they're not out there as much. They're not making everybody's feeds, you know, as as commonly as the big guys. And that's a shame. Why do I love horror? Well, as a child of the 80s, and yes, it's the sad child of the 80s trope, I grew up with a lot of people that were kind of shitty, especially the kids. Like, a lot of kids in the 80s were really shitty and elitist about things, but for whatever reason, my parents let me watch horror, and uh, it was a way both to bond with my parents and also to just have an escape from the pettiness and weirdness of the 80s, and particularly child culture in the 80s, which was like, you have to have these clothes, you have to have these toys, but, you know, screw all of that, I had horror, and that was my favorite, uh, my thing at the time. And, of course, my dad also was really into horror, and he showed me all the classics and he also wasn't afraid to let me watch things like creep show and then also there was stuff just on tv that you wouldn't think about being on tv these days like rock and roll nightmare and tourist trap and all that kind of stuff and i watched that just with wide eyes and enjoyed the hell out of it um i really loved usa saturday nightmares and uh commander usa and of course elvira i mean elvira was a tremendous influence on me even though i was like five six seven eight years old. Um, She was like the antidote to a lot of things in my world at the time. So uh, horror just is like a comfy, slashy, bloody (laughs) thing that I just really um, gravitate towards and, and love. And I still love it to this day. I know it's a great segue into uh, chatting about the pod itself, but it's like the independence I find is just, it's really where like the heart and the passion for genre is in the general respect. But that's my opinion as well. It's just like, that's where the passion is. And we get to do things the way we want to do it. Right. Or we get to talk about the films that we want to talk about, the books that we want to talk about that we don't always hear about all the time. Or sometimes I'll be looking for information about our book or movie that no one has talked about yeah. Right. And so it's like, you know, like, why hasn't anyone talked about this series, this book or whatever? Yeah. And I think that's where in this journey with the podcast, you know, and coming to really enjoy horror films and exploring the genres and the different genre, different subgenres that exist within the horror community. Like once you go past the mainstream and you start getting into those independents films and those independent producers and companies it's when like I felt for I know for myself over the last five years and this is also I think it's been reflected over the last like year and a bit in our podcast is like our own film journeys one of our goals this year when Kelly and I talked about what we want to do for five years of our podcast and kind of how we wanted to kind of I don't want to say upgrade it but we wanted to really stay true to who we were as individuals I think that's one of the big things about our podcast from the very get-go is we always want to stay true to ourselves and to who we are as fans in the horror community but as we've been exploring within the horror community and we've met other people we've been exposed to different types of films and different types of opportunities which has expanded our own like cinematic scope I was starting to get into more cult and subversive cinema Kelly was going more into extreme cinema and we we're just like there's this whole other world that crosses over with horror that's really super interesting and no one's really talking about these films but I, and I want to talk about these films, but who do we talk to and about? And I know for me, this really happened because of Let's Scare Jessica to Death. <laughs> yeah. 
première leçon de séduction, être une pute avec éducation, se moquer des garçons, préférer l'équitation. <coughs> so yeah, like yeah. my film journey really came with Let's Scare Jessica to Death. I was watching movies for the podcast and Kelly and I would talk about different movies we could watch, but I was still a young, new horror fan. I didn't know all the movies. Like Kelly was making the list, like we could watch this, we could talk about this, right? Horror fan for 20 plus years you have a breadth of knowledge. And so a part of what's Let's Scare Jessica to Death, I felt was like education for me as well, because yeah. not only is Kelly choosing, was choosing films for me to see if she could scare me, but I felt it was also broadening my cinematic mm -hmm. scope because these were films that I would normally never even hear about. I wouldn't select them for myself. Like I felt like I was still very much in the mainstream area of yeah. horror as I was getting into it. Like, you know, obviously my roots was always like older 1950s, 60s, like 40s, like those old black white horror films like the classics yeah. but like you know anything past that I was very unaware of right and I, I felt I got that horror education but then the films that Kelly was choosing broadened upon the extreme side the more international side of cinema at points you put it out to the fans to choose a film for me and we got experimental films like Begotten yeah. Yeah. Like, and so all of a sudden I was getting exposed to new French extremity yeah. you know some Asian extreme and I was like ooh Ooh, I like this. This is challenging me. And I felt like it was educating me, but then it was also opening up a part of myself that I've always had interest in subversive and transgressive cinema. I've seen some things in, in my youth and I started exploring that more on my own. And that's when, like, I think two years ago when I started to really listen to, like, the Girls, Gus, and Giallo's yeah, podcast. Yeah. And listening to some of the movie recommendations that she always talked about Caligula. And I'm like, ooh, I yeah. want to see that. Or she talked about, like, the, the Devils. I'm yeah. like, ooh, I want to see that, too. Like, I wanted to see those films that weren't necessarily horror films, but they're still transgressive and still subversive and still dealing with, like, taboo subject matter. And so I started to go outside and explore films like exploitation films, like nunsploitation, like sexploitation, getting into like the grindhouse stuff. Yeah, I would say like it's it's easy to watch mainstream movies because they're all over the place. Mm -hmm. They're easily accessible. And that's the thing, right? You could easily like jump on Shudder if you had Shudder and like, I don't anymore. <laughs> you could jump on Shudder or like Netflix or go to the movies, like go to the actual cinema and see stuff that's new. Very accessible, but niche, obscure. I'm going to say like independent, but like very like low budget independent films. They're harder to find. You're not going to see those streaming, generally speaking. Definitely not going to be in theaters. They're usually like independently produced. So you have to buy them directly from mm -hmm. filmmakers or you'll see them at film festivals. Like they're much harder to to access. And so, you know, like you said, Jess, I've been a fan of horror for like over 20 years, like probably 30 years now. So I myself, like, again, spent a lot of time with mainstream accessible horror, like stuff you could rent back in the days of 90s mm -hmm. when you could rent, because that's all I knew is renting horror movies and then going to the cinema once I was old enough. Like again, went to see Scream and the craft and Blair Witch Project, Scream 2, like those things, very mainstream, love them to death, could go to the theater and see them. And so I spent so much time with mainstream, easily accessible horror movies that I feel like I missed so much of other stuff. Like if you look at the horror genre tree of like all the subgenres and the tendrils and the tentacles that 
come because <laughs> horror is just like this big umbrella turn. Yeah. And then you have like a hundred different subgenres. Like again, you Google yeah. horror subgenres and there's incredible amount of things. And so it's easy to get overwhelmed. But also if you again yes. going back into more of the niche obscure cult stuff, much harder to find. But it's still within the realm, right? Gore, mm. splatter, extreme cinema, exploitation, sexploitation. All that stuff is still within the horror genre. It's just Ooh. less accessible, less talked about. So you're not seeing all these podcasts cover all the same movies. And I also loved Girls, Guts, and Giallo because it opened my eyes to also other movies or just looking at different films from a different lens. But it's just like yeah. I spent so much time because I also had a Room Org magazine subscription for a very long time as they are. And what they're great at is keeping up to date with modern horror and everything. So I was always on top of it. I knew everything <laughs> that was going on, new, modern, contemporary, what's coming out in the theaters, what I wanted to see. I've been like, I want to see this, this and that. I've already read about it in Room Org. Ooh, you know. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you were you were, you were on top of it. Yeah, I remember. I was on top of it for so long. But again, I just felt like now over the last couple of years, and I think for me, it was more my ex when I started Taboo Terrors. When I started Taboo Terrors yes. is when I started to go back and look back at some of those, for me, kind of some of the unsung heroes of the horror genre. Experimental, the extreme, the very transgressive, very weird niche stuff because I had missed it. Let's hear Jessica to death for you. Taboo Terrors did it for me because I fell in love with extreme cinema and then from there like I mean it's easy to just like fall down rabbit holes of cinema and I want to bring up to you Jess because this was like a brilliant thing that you said when we decided to broaden the scope of the podcast you said horror is a gateway to other genres of film. We know in horror there's so much genre blending directors or filmmakers that cross genres or blend genres like Takashi Miike like holy moly have we become like yeah. both big fans of his with his blending of genres yeah I will watch anything Takashi Miike now like <laughs> we started when we did that whole month like and that's when like discovered Yakuza yes, films and yeah. like those are like yeah. oh my god I'm still working through all the Yakuza films on the Arrow yeah. uh, video yeah. streaming yeah, service exactly. that I absolutely love but here's another thing that also helped us expand our appreciation for film or finding some of these more obscure little known films and stuff like that and like special shout out to Tubi. You guys, we've been singing Tubi's praises since 2018. It was the streaming service and still kind of is a streaming service that allows us to be able to see some of these films that you never really would. You wouldn't find them on Netflix. You wouldn't find them on like Crave or streaming services like that unless you got, you know, and sometimes you have to get those specialized streaming yeah. services like the, the Troma channel or the Full Moon channel. Yeah. But Tubi TV allows us to be able to see some and more of that. And if you do like more of that, then you're more willing to get the subscription service to those channels because like, yeah, I have Criterion channel. I love the Criterion mm -hmm. channel, but because I was able to watch films of that caliber, I was like, oh, well, this is worth my getting that subscription and there's like the there's like midnight pulp yeah. there's keynote cult and like when we discovered those things is like like i said like it started for horror yeah. for me but then when i started seeing other things that were crossing over in the horror genre i'm like well this is interesting yeah. to me I, i'm like i'm like oh well i want to see more of these films by you know jess franco yeah. oh okay yeah. here we go go to keynote cult and you'll find a, a collection yeah. right and that's exciting yeah. i also 
think that's also what makes me excited about it. Sometimes I find it a little overwhelming because there would yeah, be like too much fair. of it. And I'm like, I don't know, I know, what, I know. I, what I feel like watching tonight. Like, do I want horror? Do I want to be scared? Yeah. Do I want kung fu? Do I want Yakuza? Do I want, you know, like, I don't know. And I think for me right now, I narrowed it down because I gave myself like a little project which is I dived into the Japanese horror iceberg. <laughs> yeah, um, you're so committed to that. I'm so impressed. <laughs> well, which makes sense because like I love Japanese anime, all the films, especially from Let's Scare Jessica the Death. There was a lot of Japanese yeah. horror films that you put in there, which is like, I really enjoyed that as well. So I was like, okay, like here's a subgenre of horror that often, you know, crosses over into other uh, genres. And so I just went down the Japanese horror iceberg. But now I've discovered like all these different types of uh, Japanese types of film styles that I'm like following more different art, like different um, directors Mm -hmm. and different uh, styles. And I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't started out in horror. And then I found a director who I liked and watched more of their stuff. And I was like, oh, they're doing something like this and this it's really fun and I, that's what I feel like was so exciting when Kelly and I discussed like expanding the cinematic scope because then here's Kelly watching all these shot on video <laughs> films right <laughs> you know and, and introducing me to that as well and we're just like there's just so much more we could talk about and introduce other people to and it's it's really fun I, I like we joke about not having fun <laughs> on the podcast anymore just because yeah. we've we've have approached some really hefty hard topics in the last uh, little while with some of our episodes but we're also hoping to have fun with some of these other films that we're finding along the way hey jess and kelly congratulations and happy anniversary thank you for making the world and the horror space a better place with all your smart lady thoughts about horror we love you so much at more deadly and are so excited to be a part of your anniversary celebration i'm rachel half of the hosts of the podcast more deadly and joining me is the always lovely ariel hi (laughs) hey okay girl so we have been tasked with something very important today and that is to talk about why we love horror why don't you go first why do you love horror yeah that's such a big question but i think (laughs) some of the main reasons (laughs) are one i love the feeling of being scared and that's something that i'm constantly looking for you and i talk a lot about like chasing Mm. that dragon i want to have my stomach drop you know i want that great feeling I think for us personally, too, on our podcast, one of the things I'm always looking for are movies that explore like female rage and revenge. Those Mm. storylines are part of why I love horror so much. Yeah, definitely. I have had a lifelong love affair with horror. It started out as sort of like a rite of passage with friends at slumber parties. Yeah. You know, where you would like test your preteen metal. (laughs) I mean, honestly, it's probably mostly about trauma bonding, but we're just going to call them slumber parties. I also grew up in like a very religious background where demons were very real and all around you and constantly tempting you and very much a threat. And so I think horror has also always fascinated me. It was like to touch the thing that I wasn't supposed to touch in a way that was kind of safe. Now it's interesting. Like my love of horror has really evolved. I think now that I'm kind of like a empty husk and very rarely scared of things. <laughs> what I yeah. appreciate most about it is like the storytelling elements mm-hmm. and the way that it's so disarming and it sneaks under people's defenses and like delivers these really important social messages oftentimes. But also I just am very much chasing that dragon and looking for that thrill and to feel alive. 
Yeah. I just want to feel alive. Very <laughs> I want to feel alive again. Yeah. I mean, and I also think that the genre has gotten so much more interesting as more yeah. women and folks from like other marginalized groups join mm-hmm. in and are making movies. There's just so many more unique perspectives out there now. Yeah. I mean, that's why we're so focused on women horror yep. storytellers and directors. It's interesting, like as much as my feelings have changed over the years, it really in some ways is exactly now the way, where I started from the very beginning and that the genre is something special that I share with the women in my life. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Instead of slumber parties, it's a podcast, but <laughs> I still get that same satisfaction and feeling of bonding over horror with my girlfriends. And it's one of the greatest and most sincere pleasures in my yeah, life. Agreed. All right. One last time. Happy anniversary, Jess and Kelly. Here's to lots and lots and lots more of the amazing spinsters yes. of horror because we freaking love you guys. <laughs> we can't get enough. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. See, I remember when I brought up changing our mission statement and broadening the scope of the podcast, you were like, <laughs> over the moon, thrilled. Like, you should have seen your reaction. It was almost like you didn't think about doing that. But as soon as I said it, you're like, fucking absolutely, we need to do this. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like there are so many horror podcasts. And even though I think that we still stood out amongst the rest of the 4,000 horror podcasts that are out there, there are 4,000 horror podcasts out there. And so to keep, I think for us to keep us fresh and interesting and unique, I think it was a good idea for us to expand our cinematic scope because there's so much out there. I think throughout our film journey, we realized over the last five years that there's so much more that we could be talking about outside Mm -hmm. of conventional horror. And when I say that I've spent so much time with mainstream horror, I'm talking conventional. Like this stuff is, and again, I love it. There's no shade thrown to conventional horror, but when you watch so much of it, especially like 30 years of it, it is not so exciting for me anymore. And you said it right, Jess, when you like started to branch off from conventional horror like you start to get excited again and that was it I was like not that I was bored because you could see like throughout last year that we were kind of headed in this direction anyways subconsciously but it's like Mm -hmm. conventional horror is just these days less exciting for me so unless like something excites us that's a little bit more conventional horror or something that's new we're probably not going to talk about it folks like it's probably not going to be there's going to be a thousand other podcasts that are covering it right the new insidious movie go find another podcast that's listening to it you know unless it's something that interests us which we touched on two Thai West films we did X and Pearl and once Maxine is out fuck yeah we will cover that because we need to finish the trifecta, right? (laughs) But there's so much for us to talk about that kind of, that gives us more of that subversiveness of horror that we appreciate and respect, but it just goes that extra mile a little bit. I mean, we talked about Megan is missing and the den. Still not recovered from Megan is missing. We talked about necrophilia, the female necrophiliac. Like that was our official first episode after we had announced that we are going to be covering a wider variety of horror movies and other types of films. And like, that's exciting to me. That's really exciting Uh to me because I also love those movies, but I think they're interesting. They're still within the horror umbrella, but they are not conventional whatsoever. And we are unconventional women. So it makes sense.
so again, I, there are a vast amount of straight up horror movie podcasts out there discussing all of the same movies, right? So it just felt like it was time for us to really kind of stand out, make us unique. And again, there's so much to discover and explore. And it's already been very rewarding and fun in some ways, but exciting. It's already been that way over the last few months. So I'm really like just thrilled and pumped to just see where, you know, the next five years takes us, the rest of the year takes us. Like, it's just, I'm kind of reinvigorated, right? Like, it's just, I just feel more excited because there's just so much out there to explore and to talk about. And, you know, the Spencer's Empire, we're still building it. Hi, Mary Wilde here. I was invited to say a few words on why I love horror. So here it goes. Horror is a safe zone with no real and present danger. Nothing can hurt you. And yet there's an opportunity to process real fear. I was drawn to horror from a very young age and knew from the jump that it was all make-believe. So I got to enjoy slashers, ghost stories, and vampire films regularly. I didn't know that I was clearing out personal shadows and facing deep-seated conflicts with these early viewings. It's almost like a magic ritual, conjuring up a tormented spirit, something that got stuck, a terrifying incident, or even intergenerational trauma. There's a tangible chance to feel what needs to be felt and let it go. Fear is demonized in our society. We're always expected to be happy. But is this realistic? or even healthy? Horror is a designated space we miraculously preserved, this dark oasis where nightmares are permitted and we can confront subjective fear in a meaningful way. We must protect the sanctity of this strange ritual where we scare ourselves silly and allow horror artists to explore and depict without prohibition, because the only way out is through. This is vital, and horror fans get it. In case you were wondering, my favorite film of all time is from the horror genre, Black Swan, directed by Darren Aronofsky. I also love Starry Eyes, Rosemary's Baby, Mulholland Drive, and Videodrome. What are your faves? Stay spooky. Why horror? Let's revisit, after you just thrown shade at horror, (laughs) revisit kind of like why we love it, how our love for it has changed, if it has, and where we are with it now. Jess, why don't you start us off here on this? Well, to me, like, I still love horror movies. And I, like I said to, like Kelly had said earlier, to me, horror is a gateway to other films. But to me, the horror genre is boundary breaking. It's always challenging stereotypes and is overcoming narratives about the other. And I feel like 
something I've learned about over the last five years in listening to other people's podcasts, attending events, panels about people's journeys in the horror genre, about the films, about the various themes. Like this past weekend, no, two weekends ago, I attended the Access Horror virtual conference, which was all about different panels about, about disabilities in horror and how they're represented and challenging narratives and mental health in horror and, you know, how the gatekeepers in horror and you know how people and how people of color are using the horror genre and they're finding their community in it and really just talking about how the horror genre is always has always been about stories about the other and that is something that I love so much about the horror genre is because we get to tell our stories we get to say our experiences we get to educate people about our experiences instead of what Hollywood tells us so the people so when we are allowed to tell our stories through the narrative of a horror story uh, a horror movie we're showing people what that experience can be like and for an example most recently for Kelly and I was indigenous horror with was blood quantum I learned so much from that film in watching it and going and learning more about indigenous culture and their experiences in Canada and colonialism and the stereotypes and they're getting to tell their story and their narrative because a big thing with a lot of uh, other Hollywood films and stuff like that is we're often being forced the cis white heteronormative narrative being shoved down our throat or always demonizing the other so I love that ability of horror and why I love it so much and I can go on but I don't I and I do have a bunch of things I want to say about jump in like yeah I mean it's horror at its roots is a very powerful genre. And if you follow our Know Your Roots series, it showcases really the strength of the genre, which started all the way back to the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Like horror has been spooky, scary skeletons. Absolutely. It's fun. It's entertaining. But it is really the the bastard child of cinema. And it always will be for the weirdos. It's always going to be for the outcasts. I don't think it'll ever be taken as seriously as I think it deserves to be. But it's I that it's just horror to me. Absolutely. It's it's a very powerful lens to showcase experiences, traumas, feelings, emotions in like a really interesting, creative way. And I it's still my go to genre for sure. If I'm like, I'm going to watch a movie. I jumped if I'm going to like jump on a streaming service. I go to horror like it's it's deeply ingrained into my DNA. It's been for 30 years. Mm-hmm. So I immediately, it's like within that genre, what, what do I want to watch today? So it's kind of just how it is. And especially after all of this time, revisiting old favorites or horror movies that scared me growing up that maybe I haven't seen in quite a long time. Yeah, like I said, that scared me or thrilled me or chilled me. That is what grew my passion and love for the genre. Mm-hmm. So when I go back and watch those, oh, it's such a wonderful experience besides the nostalgia factor. But some of those movies are just powerhouses and you know it's also nice to go back to a time when I wasn't 40 and cynical and jaded and unhappy (laughs) and whatever and mad but Mm. it's there's just like some incredible movies and again our Know Your Roots series is really great to me because each year you're like holy moly look at these like handful of really incredible movies that are either really spooky, scary skeletons or they have really Mm. incredible themes they want to or they're blending both of that. All of that's really important when it comes to film for me. So it's really exciting. And like, even though for me these days, 
I am less thrilled and excited with modern horror or watching horror movies. Again, when you see so many, you can see so many tropes and things coming a mile away. It's kind of hard to like feel deep within that atmosphere or to feel scared or get that adrenaline running or just be so compelled by a horror story. Like it's hard for me. It's just generally not that exciting for me anymore. And like, if you look back at, cause you know, you and I Jess are not up to date on things. That's why we have the Spencer's Get Current <laughs> miniseries. It's because we're like, yes, what's yes. coming out? What's going on? <laughs> Maybe we should watch something new for yeah. a change. But, you know, like I try to kind of stay on top of things, or but it's just like if it doesn't interest me, I'm not going to watch it. But if you look back at... T- horror in 2022 I had made a list but I was just like there's lots of trauma-based stories like every second movie I was looking up was trauma-based stories and frankly as somebody who does not have a trauma background it's not that interesting to me and if every single movie that's like in this list is all trauma-based and manifestations of trauma I'm bored to be honest with you and like my time is limited here on this earth here on every day like I need to watch what excites me, that interests me and not just what is brand new and what everybody else is doing. And like, I understand that sometimes it's tough to break away from that a little bit because it's, again, it's mainstream. It's in your face all the time. You're like, maybe I should go see Scream 6 or 7 or whatever the fuck. No, I'm not. (laughs) But... It, I, I'm like, it kind of makes me think that, hey, maybe I should. But, you know, there are some movies last year that did really excite me and interest me. So then I watched them. Yeah. And most of them I did actually enjoy because I'm getting better at choosing the movies. We covered some of them. But like, I loved The yeah. Black Phone, Christmas Bloody Christmas and The Sadness. The motherfucking sadness. Oh, so, The like, Sadness was so good. Yeah. I spend time with stuff that excites me and that I'm interested in. And so, yeah, that's kind of just where I'm at with it now. It's just... I need to be picking and choosing what I'm watching. Hi, my name is Blaine Waterloo and I love horror. Why that changes constantly, which is why I love the question. When I was a kid, it was about safely enjoying the taboo and adrenaline that accompanies the genre, as well as an escape from real life violence to a world of monsters and magic and gore and justice. As I got older, horror media became a place to see myself underneath all the masking and the people-pleasing and the stoicism that the world demands. I could be the weird girl freely and without consequence. The genre feels like an omniscient truth-teller that cuts through all the other noise and bullshit. This is where the othered see themselves not just represented, but triumphant. This is where sex and sexuality are celebrated. This is where stories of shame and survival are exercised. This is where the misfits get theirs. I love horror because I love humanity in all its messy, gory, I mean glory. Happy anniversary, friends. Here's to many more. Talk about another aspect of why horror for me is the mental health aspect of it. I notice, and there's other, you know, other people in the community where we talk a lot about how watching horror movies helps us process some of our feelings and major events in our life that we may have experienced trauma from, but because we weren't in safe or stable environments to process those feelings Mm -hmm. then, sometimes watching horror movies gives us that control to be able to maybe process some of those feelings or some of those thoughts or trigger something that you didn't realize was some sort of trauma in your life. Um, And that is something like I know for me, like my horror journey over the last five years, horror has helped me in many ways through whether it was podcasting, whether it was through some of the writing, because obviously writing and it's 
obvious over the last like year and a half my writing has petered out for a while and that's because like very early on like we came out really strong and stuff like that I was also going through some major life changes some big things I was dealing I was coming out of a you know an abusive marriage and stuff like that so I was processing that trauma and all those feelings and emotions through my writing through the horror movies I was watching and seeing because I was able you know then over time things the pandemic happened things got better and I you know I started to kind of focus more expanding my journey too because I was you know I was watching these films and then I, I wanted to watch different films and then I started expanding my cinematic journey but I also noticed when you brought up this really good point about how a lot of the films that were coming out were very trauma informed mm-hmm. which is you know I think it's wonderful for some people if that helps them with processing their trauma sure. but as someone who is now actively processing my trauma and this actually didn't come from conventional horror films I actually watched some exploitation films yeah. that yeah. deal with uh, child abuse and child sexual molestation that actually triggered things in me and it was actually extreme horror that I was like oh my god mm-hmm. okay I need to, there's some of this trauma I need to work through. And right now I'm in this active healing phase of dealing with the trauma of being abused as a child and all the the stuff from here. But I noticed that I don't want to watch too much of that. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm in this, I'm in this weird place with horror right now where I want to have fun with horror and I want, I do want horror films that challenge me. Like, I also think one of the great things about horror films and the things that we've been able to do on the podcast is we've really educated ourselves. We've become more socially informed um, about a lot of issues, you know, like rape culture, abuse, colonialism, black history, LGBTQA rights, plus rights, environmentalism, like we as individuals have become more informed over yeah. the years of all the shit that happens yeah. and being more active voices. But at the same time too, though, sometimes that can be a little too much all at mm-hmm. once, right? You know, I think there was, it was great that people were recognizing trauma that was happening in films. But when you're someone who are who is right. actively working and dealing with your trauma, that can be way too right. much. So I have to like literally think about the films that I want to watch yeah. to see like, cause you know, if it triggers me, inadvertently I'm out for like four or five days so I need to like but I still love it yeah and I still love that it brings me to those places so that I can sit with those feelings and be like okay why am I feeling this I'm in a safe place I'm in a safe environment here are my feelings around it okay now I take now I take this to my professional therapist and say I've discovered this by watching this movie or having this experience or maybe because I was writing about this film and it initiated this experience yeah let's talk about that so it's like horror is a wonderful gateway to other films horror is also a wonderful gateway to explore your feelings sometimes (laughs) especially people who deal with a lot of traumatic horrible things that happen in the world yeah yeah I know because I've seen and read like everything over the last five (laughs) years and I know that this has been very helpful for you definitely like I don't think your previous podcast perhaps was as 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 helpful (laughs) the old dark spectrum nope the veteran showed the newbie the ropes Oh, please don't. <laughs> I hate, I hate that. Um, but yeah, like it's it's been amazing to see that. Like I've learned a lot about you in the last five years that I did in the previous 10 years of our friendship. So, and I mean, that's great. <laughs> I mean, that you felt it was time to reveal something about yourself. There's been a variety of things over the last five years. So I'm I'm glad and I'm still shocked sometimes when 
you know, the the research that we do, the movies that we're watching and going to talk about are able to help you out in those ways. I know that's like Megan is missing. I'll bring that up. Like, I know that like it was helpful <laughs> and hurtful, but like, I'm glad that, you know, it's mm-hmm. that film is able to do that for you. And it, but you're also able to work through it. And I guess I hope maybe inadvertently I am helping you. I don't know. I'm your co-host, though. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> We're like, you know, processing and talking about those things. And that's what what I also found, too, is like being able to talk to people about these things and having your feelings validated or what happens. That's really important to someone healing through trauma and something, you know, when talking with other people who have talked a lot about mental health, their mental health journey and how they've been able to do it through horror. Like I found community in that as well. So it's like interesting to go the depths of like, you know, horror is not just it's always it can also be a lot of fun just blood guts and gore and music and all kinds of things and just spooky things totally it can also be some really hard-hitting hefty stuff that are dealing with some real traumas that happen in the world and people experience it you can you know we don't we not we don't know everyone's stories when we meet them you know someone could look like they've got their shit well put together and stuff like that but that's not the case mentally and sometimes and this allows us to find community other people have had those experiences because unfortunately horror shows us those uh those experiences can exist out there there are monsters everywhere Hello to Kelly and Jessica, our spinsters of horror. Hello. My name is Kaylee Scholes, and I'm a horror author from Florida. What do I love about horror? Well, I think my first answer is that it's a compass for victims and misfits and politics, all politics, all the gray, all the primal subversive stuff. It goes here. It goes into horror. Right. My other answer is that I love asking the question, wouldn't it be fucked up if this happened? And watching or reading how it unravels. I love ordinary people being put in horrifying circumstances, uh, whether it be under the umbrella of psychological or exploitation or cryptids, religious perversion, whatever it is. I, I love asking myself, how is this person going to get out of this one? Um, it forces me to confront the bump in the night, right? Which is, is what this genre is all about. And none of us like to do that. We don't want to confront our deepest fears. Um, and it forces me to do that. I like writing things that make me uncomfortable. I like writing things and watching things that are hard, things that, scenes that give me adrenaline. Um, I love blood and guts. Simple as that. I love chasing the morbidity and everyday things. Um, and I love when horror doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, My first memory of the genre is my mother reading out loud to me. I was about five years old and she read me Stephen King's short story, Graveyard Shift. And I started writing shortly after that and consuming everything that was scary. It's fun and beautiful and, uh, you know, everybody will tell you right now horror is having a renaissance. And it's such a cool time and, In my experience, it's also a community that takes care of each other. Uh, All right. Happy five-year anniversary to I Spit on Your Podcast. Love y'all. Thank you.
So where are we at now when it comes to horror movies? You know, I would say for myself, I think the podcast has really actually helped me gain a greater appreciation for the power of horror. So I I would thank you, Jess, for that. Like I said, now it's expanding with exploring all that I felt I have missed. So now I have the next 30 years to explore. Because in my (laughs) mind, I don't know, I'm dying when I'm 70, whatever. I have, I started in 30 years. The next 30 years, I'm going to be exploring all that I had missed. Like you said, like extreme cinema, the very niche, like underground, obscure filmmakers, I would say horror is a lifestyle. So once Mm. you go into it, you're never going to turn your back on it. I mean, I got something to say, you know. What do you think this is all about? You think this is a fucking costume? This is a way of life. So yeah, so in our first episode of Women in Horror, we talked about a lot of different uh, female authors, directors, films that were directed by women, films written by women. Like we kind of like, when I look at, listen to the episode, we're like, the 90s boom, boom, <laughs> this movie this movie this director like this yeah. right um and i feel like we were talking about like people that we were learn just learning about we were going to discover more we were going to come to have more appreciation for it down yeah. the road because like how many times have we talked about jennifer's body <laughs> yes oh, it's an amazing yes. movie we love this yes. film right but we've also grown like kelly and i said as like as horror fans because what we were looking at was all the more well-known films and over in as five years earlier right i feel like five years ago there was a lot more women who were coming into the horror scene you know we like like women had always been part of the horror genre since its inception we've talked about this we gave the history about it in our first episode and you've talked about it in various points throughout the last five years of of women in in our roles in in the horror genre and its its birth and its creation and just everything that we're involved in and five years ago too like we were seeing more female podcasters more podcasters from the lgbtqa plus community and you know more non-binary people coming out and and having their voices heard about what's horror going on I'm also noticing a lot more authors more books coming out a variety of different Mm -hmm. horror novels from various women of all nationalities and same with film as much as there's still so many challenges that we're that I have to currently overcome that's happening especially right now what's happening in Hollywood with the WAG and the SAG strike women are still growing in numbers in Mm -hmm. the genre and there are still more coming out and I've noticed some directors over the last couple of years that I'm really excited about mm-hmm. um, the films that they that they have coming out. How about you? Like, how are you feeling with more of, of women in their involvement in the horror genre the last five years? When I listened to that first episode, it went like decade by decade. <laughs> I was on the subway and I was just like, yes, yes, yes. Because I was like, <laughs> love that movie. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, so that was actually, yeah. I'm, as much as it might be tedious to listen to, I loved listening back. So I was like, yes, yes. Because some of those maybe I hadn't seen at that point, And now I have. Mm, so it was just really exciting to see. Because it's definitely grown. Absolutely. I mean, if you oh, yeah. went, because I think we ended up, we stopped at... 2018? I guess we stopped at when we... To when we started, yeah. But there's been, you know, a bunch since then. But overall, I've... Like, certain movies, certain themes, certain, like, concepts, I have really, really enjoyed either us talking about or just overall learning about. Like, the amount of times that we've talked about witches and vampires... 
Like, I Mm, (laughs) am so obsessed with both of them now, whereas before, like, I was quite lukewarm about witches, but now I'm just like, how many times have we talked about witches? And I've loved that. I've loved learning more about witches and witchcraft and history and then seeing it in film. Satanic feminism came from that, and that's just, like, such really interesting, powerful stuff that I'm so happy that we talked about because nobody's talking about that so that's really really uh, exciting for me I've really enjoyed that the monstrous feminine I was gonna say you introduced me to the female Avengers Ooh, right yes. I've never yeah. like you know the the female Avengers are, are are female protagonists in rape revenge films like yeah right so it's been like kind of like vaguely knowing about some things and then going like head first and learning so much about it in that first episode again we talked about Kara Clover I got the book I read it you know we talked about the monstrous feminine i've revisited that book so many times and we've revisited those concepts and we will forever because it's so interesting julia durka now is really the big name i will put out there because she has two films out there and sadly there's not a lot of female filmmakers in horror that have done more than one movie thus far but she has and she's kind of blown me away I feel like Titan is kind of a grower and not a shower. I need to watch it again. But she is the the new voice in body horror. She is all about female body horror and female experiences. And I just love her. And also she's French and the French just do it differently. I will say that, you know, there's been things that I've I've grown a greater appreciation for like Buffy the Vampire Slayer as a TV series because we've covered that and done deep deep dives into that show Elvira there's just Mm, things that like like I've always loved Elvira but exploring all of the themes and the concepts that we have and being so entrenched in the horror community and the horror genre for the last five years I just again have greater appreciation for a lot of things I am on the same page with you with Julia Ducanau in terms of waiting to see what she does Ooh, next can't wait. I love Junior I love Raw Titan also like all, all of her films that I've seen I have loved so far and there's been other directors over the last couple of years that I've I'm excited to see what they do yeah. next. Um, that film Hellbender by the Adams family, right. uh, particularly uh, Zelda Adams, the daughter who did it with her mother and father. That film's so good, and I can't. They have another film that's coming out. And it's premiering at Fantasia, and I can't wait to see what they're doing because they're spooky. They're like this spooky family that I just love watching to see what they're up to. I haven't to. seen it, but but that's not surprising. Oh. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Your whole list um, here, I was like, I haven't seen any would, of these except for one. I was going to say, Hell, Hellbender would be like a per, it's like the perfect uh, double feature with Pie Wacket. I did both of them in one night. Oh, nice. Like, That's nice. Yeah. Perfect witchy, yeah. witchy coming of age, witchy nice. vibes. But then, of course, like Lee Janik, I loved the Fear oh, Street yes. series when they came yes. out and how queer oh, it was. My God. And, you know, we're just seeing more LGBTQA uh, storylines yes. happening yeah. coming from women. And, and there was uh, Jane Schronenburn's film, We Were All Going to the World's Fair. Loved that film. It was really creepy and weird, but it's just so, it was really good. But a, a horror film that actually spooked me. I had, it's been a long time. Yeah. Like, it was funny because you and I, when we had our, my Asian Extreme uh, recently for my birthday, we did a Japanese Asian Extreme night. And we were talking about like our interest in like in extreme films and like why we're watching them and something like that. And I said, for me recently with extreme horror, it's kind of like I'm going into it with some trepidation. Like, and that's what I would do with horror movies before. Yeah. And so yeah. for a while, it felt like with horror movies, I was 
wasn't going into them with trepidation. I was like, all right, let's see what the twist is going to be yeah. or something like that. But with the film by Michelle Garza Cervera, did the movie um, Hisara, The Bone mm. Woman. Oh, yeah. that was so good. Like, it spooked me. It creeped me out. It got under nice. my skin. And for a film in 2023 like that, I was really happy with that film. Oh, good. So it, I just was seeing more content that's coming out. And it's like also kind of also too re- like relatable as we're, I feel like that I'm looking at more content that is that I like you were saying, you really want to watch things that are relatable or that you want to spend time with because yeah. you want to enjoy it. So and like I say, I'll give like a special shout out to television series because we're seeing a lot more content come out as well with more female protagonists and with more women involved in directing stuff like that and there's like that new series The Dead Ringers um, yes. with Rachel Weisz that was just fucking amazing I loved it it was so good and I know everyone I will watch Yellow Jackets I have was recommended to me again this past weekend so just there's just so much stuff coming out what I like that I'm seeing is we're getting more complex and not always perfect women in horror films mm-hmm. and we're a lot of the films that are starting to come out and that I do see that are coming out from more international waters that are coming out from more independent studios is we're seeing more complex people complex women complex storylines that is flipping the old stereotypes of like the virgin on his head you know the perfect person being the good person like it's just and I really like that we're flipping things up yeah you brought up generators is great because I I have that on my list as well it's the women taking on old projects and flipping it around and giving their own take on it like dead ringers which I also loved Um, And Black Christmas, which in the end I also loved. So I I love that. I know some people out there get kind of their knickers in a twist when people flip the sexes in Mm -hmm. that. But you know what? Why not? That can sometimes bring a whole new fresh perspective on it. And why can't we have numerous perspectives on a maybe similar or familiar topic? But I thought that they did a great job. And I also want to do a shout out to the new Slumber Party Massacre movie because I'm obsessed with it. And that entire series, uh, which I absolutely adore, and we did an episode on it, and I I gained more appreciation for it, but I love the new one. Um, So, yeah, give me more of that. Again, they flipped. They were so cheeky and clever and flipping the script on a lot of those tropes, even stuff that was happening in the 80s. And so it just was so ingenious that it's it's very exciting like it just feels exciting and fresh when women does when women do things and so i'm always down to to be checking out like what they're doing and what they're up to i will have to say that lee janik sorry also did honeymoon which was a very oh, interesting yes. movie that, that i need to too. rewatch so she's at least had multiple films under her belt so so that's fantastic but there's just like a lot of really interesting exciting things out there to be watching yeah and like i said it's even happening in books like some of the books that i've read over the last year written by women like tender is the flesh by augustina bacterica and manhunt um by gretchen felker martin mm-hmm. those books they flip the script, yeah. you know, women, you know, 
one book, Tenders of Flesh, dealing with cannibalism and the whole capitali capitalizing human cannibalism. And then Manhunt, when you're dealing with um, turfs hunting after uh, trans men and women and kind of that, that world and how that changes and how they're hunting them back, you know, the so that's so interesting. And then there's also like, I read my first really extreme horror book by Juna Sonnet mm -hmm. uh, for the Forsaka, which destroyed me. She's really good at what she does. And but it was really interesting to have to read it from a woman, yeah. a story of that nature from her perspective, from her writing, and then to find out that's what she does to process some of the trauma that she had been through. Right. So it's just like so interesting that we're seeing more uh, more voices coming out. We're seeing more diversity in the literature, in the media, and like you said, we're flipping the script. We're taking old stories. We're putting the we're putting the the feminist spin on it. We're giving it the feminine touch, and especially a film like Dead Ringers. Like it was a film about gynecology and women and stuff like that. But like you talked about this before with David David Cronenberg, it felt so sterile and cold and uncomfortable. Yeah. When you watch Dead Ringers, show completely different. It is warm. It is bloody. It is like cringy at points, but like it gets under your skin in a good way because it makes you think too. So we've been here for five years. The next five years of the Spencers of Horror. Where are we at and where are we going? Well, what I realized, Jess, when looking back at the OG episode and when we sat down to think about what our like mission statement, quote unquote, or slogan would be. So I think we've hit the point where we are, we have fully realized what we've been wanting to do with this show. So to recap, we say in the beginning of every episode, blah, blah, blah. We discuss film with thoughtful analysis, research, and passion. Our passion, I think, has grown immensely. We used to be very, very hard on the research and heavy on the research modes, which I think a part of that maybe was because we're making up for a lack of knowledge at the time, mm -hmm. right? We were just, we were learning and we were excited about learning that we forgot a little bit of the analysis portion of it, right? And now our analysis has grown exponentially. So really, I feel like we've kind of fully come into our own. And with regards to our mission statement, like we're doing this now. We've come, we're fully realized now. And I just really, really appreciate it. It was kind of like this light bulb moment. I was like, we're doing <laughs> this now. Yeah, I completely agree. Because when I listen back to the, those older episodes it's like yeah we were just so heavy on like getting the information to people like here's all this information and process all this information but then it was like we didn't really talk much about the movie so it's like people are here to also learn about the movie and so I love how we've got this balance where we are we want to share with you information we want to give because I, I always love the semi-academic side yeah. that we are but we're always bringing in our own analysis our own passion for the film and the you know the themes that are being presented and we're also bringing years ago when there was a big outrage about it about the whole horror isn't political but Kelly and I are both very firmly that we do feel that horror is very political and at points our our politics do sometimes come into the podcast and guess what that's just going to happen because that's what's interesting to us and that's what we have our own we want to have our voices heard about and that's why we want people to watch these films because we want people to understand these topics that are coming out and hopefully help people in one way shape or form whether it's you know just education or whether it's like oh I never realized this you know about this yeah. film or why it was so important like I'd, I did have a, quite a few people reach out to us about our indigenous horror right. episode and being reminded about things that they were 
taught about really young but never thought about again or they're like I didn't know that I really wish I knew more information about that so I feel like now that we have our voice we're just going to kind of keep going with that and that's where I feel like that's where we're going which is like we figured out yeah we figured out our mission statement and we're like okay we figured and we figured out the the content of the horror films and like that was our gateway in and now we're like okay there's so much more out there that we can talk about and it'll be so it's gonna be so much fun because like you said over the last like two years and people have noticed that we've already kind of started to do that just naturally you know i i slipped in non-sploitation in there pretty yeah <laughs> we've perfected the formula and now we're just running with it and it's so exciting yeah. because folks we've got such wonderful long long list of interesting things planned um but we will continue to work hard because this is hard work every single month yeah. to create interesting and unique episodes on movies and themes that excite us not what's hip and cool it's what we think is our hip and cool and and that will vary widely because we are both different people and 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 often we have very different interests or something that excites us so Jess might be learning something Mm -hmm. new and watching new things I'm going to be learning new things and watching new things so it's just it's really who knows what's going to happen Exactly. And that's also something kind of want to say in towards of some of the extra content that we used to produce. Because I remember, like, when we first came oh, out, boy. we came out strong. Oh, my, you remember? Oh, my like, God. We, like, we had, like, a list of things. I was going to do a craft store. You were doing, like, weekly reviews. Oh, we had, like, monthly yep. spotlights. It was just, a like, lot you know, content. blog post every month. Like, we were coming out with a lot of content, which I think was great because it kind of helped us gain our traction. Of, like, footing and yep. stuff like that and get our traction. Yep and kind of get us out there but I think we kind of burnt ourselves out at some point because it was a lot to a lot to maintain there was a lot of I remember like you know sitting with our like monthly agenda trying to be like okay the calendar what are what is everything yeah. that we are doing yeah. and I felt like that took some of energy out of us and away from some of the things that we loved and I know I was trying to find like my place with like streaming and having a craft store and stuff like yeah. that and then I was like why don't I just go back to what I was originally all about I love movies but I also love books let's do a book club yeah. so you know where we found we found our stride with that with got this formula going and we chose the once a month uh episode or not doing it weekly not every two weeks because one we just frankly don't have time and energy to do that Mm. every single week to two weeks but we wanted to ensure that we gave the time and effort and this like energy towards something that we really respected and it's these movies that we're talking about so and I think for each other let's just like have respect for each other and come you know well prepared ready to go and uh and we do that time and time again each month and you know kudos suggest to you to every single month editing this podcast and making it sound as great as it is thank you so much (laughs) and now we've arrived at spinster's final thoughts this time over a nice warm cup of tea provided by our sponsor brutalities hey jess what's that in your mug over there it's a wicked cup of chai put a spell on you and what are you drinking your goblet of doom you're such a spinster i'm drinking a headbanging cup of hell raisin you know i really love how many tea blends brutalities offers yes and what really stood out to me was not only their tasty teas but their spooky or metal inspired names with chai the 13th and children of the candy corn brutalities are really a perfect match made in 
So go to brutalities.com to grab some for yourself with listener code SPINSTER15 to get 15% off your purchase. For Canadian fans, please contact them directly before ordering for shipping quotes. So now that we have our tea, let's put these spirits to rest. So like Jess said, we have some, and I also said this, but we have some interesting things in the works, in the pipeline, because once we, again, said, okay, you know what? We're branching out. Oh my God, our list of things to potentially cover (laughs) got longer and longer and longer. Folks, we have like an eight page document of stuff we want to talk about. We're going to be here until we die. And that's fine with me. (laughs) But there's some things that like, that I'm really excited about for us to cover. And that is our She Is Death uh, female revenge series. So Jess and I guested on another podcast and the topic that we chose were female Avengers. So a top 10 list of female Avengers. And then we're just like, oh man, this is, this could be way longer. We should do a series of like international female Avengers and just talk about like female revenge stories and how it's different all around the world. And we both love female revenge stories. So folks, that is definitely coming to you at some point. The other thing that I was really excited about, besides New French Extremity, because obviously we're going to cover that at some point, is the medical series. I was like, I love medical horror, surgical horror, weird medical women in horror. So we've got American Mary, Excision, Nurse 3D, Repo Genetic Opera, May. Like, these are horror movies, but oh boy, are they not conventional whatsoever. And some of them blending to the extreme, like excision. So it's, we just have so many ideas and we're bursting at the seams and we are excited. What else is uh, coming down the pipeline, Jess? One that I know I got excited about and it will blend being able to talk about Cat 3 films, mm. but I want to do like a viral outbreak episode on Ebola syndrome because <laughs> wow. that movie is hilarious wow. when Kelly and I watch together and be like so much fun to talk to. Okay, Spencer's covering Cat 3 films? What is this, our bloody obsession? Oh, wow. <laughs> I think Ebola syndrome is safe enough for us. You and I have already watched it together. Oh, boy. <laughs> We have a list, and none of this is, like, confirmed, like, solidified, but there's ideas, like, I want to do, like, an episode on, like, uncult films that deal with adult children, which I know is kind of creeps Kelly <laughs> out, but, like, you know, the films, like, Spider Baby and Toys Are Not For Kids and The Baby, like, I've seen these films, and they're they're interesting, and I'm like, I want to, you know, have a chat oh, about boy. them and yeah. this whole psychology around it, but surrealist films, you know, beauty standards, looking at Korean anime and the film dumplings, like, this is just the this is just a taste yeah. of what we have. There's other things down the road, and I'm not like even like mentioning all the films that I want to Oh, talk there's about. so many. And we'll obviously continue with our Know Your Roots series. So later this year, you'll get 1960s Horror Part 2, and then we'll be jumping into the 70s. We'll be back with Original versus Remake. I got a really great idea for that coming up later this year. So there'll be some stuff that is familiar to you folks, but there's going to be some new interesting wild taboo subversive stuff because this is this is where we're at now folks it's uh it's gonna be quite thrilling and we are still gonna have fun guys like we're not gonna just all these be like crazy subversive weird i'll make me feel uncomfortable kind of conversations <laughs> just as, there's gonna be splatter films that we're gonna do there we you know we're gonna talk about full moon and empire pictures because we still like those films like you know we're just going we're going further into our more obscure and indie roots 
in terms of what we like about films. No, we're never going to have fun again because I was watching the never-ending story (laughs) for the first time in a good number of years. And oh boy, nihilism, existentialism, and suicidal ideation in the never-ending story. (laughs) Stay tuned, folks. (laughs) (laughs) But in all seriousness, when you approached me, Jess, to start a podcast together a thousand years ago, I barely even knew what one was. What was a podcast? That sounded really hip and trendy, and that is not what I am. But the, like, the only one I had even knew about was The Dark Spectrum, your old one, because that, I was like, a podcast? What's really a podcast, you know? I didn't really get it, per se. But now I can't imagine not podcasting. Who is this person? It's so wild to me still. I'm like, I have a podcast. Like everyone and their dog has a podcast these days. Okay, I get that. But you know what? No one is us. We are the spinsters of horror and no one can do what we are doing. And we didn't come here to play. We came here to slay. So which here's to the next five years. Love ya. That's so sweet. And thank you so much. And I will always be so happy that you said yes to coming onto this journey for me. Because like you said, you had no idea what you were getting into. None whatsoever. And none whatsoever. And I know that when we first got into it, you were a little nervous because you're just like, I watch horror movies for fun. I don't like to think about them. Yeah. I'm not an intellectual. So yeah, I was nervous. <laughs> yeah, you were nervous, but yet you have come so far in what you do with the pot in the podcast, right? Like you found not only that you found your voice, you found your kind of niche, your community on top of that, too. You've expanded further outwards, yeah. right? Like, yes, I came with the idea, like, let's do a podcast together. But we all know me. I'm Jessica. I am shy. I am very nervous. I, you know, get really nervous just writing emails to people. It's gotten better over the last five years, and this is because of Kelly and us working together on our podcast. So if it really wasn't for you, like, helping give our podcast legs, we wouldn't have gotten to where we are today. We wouldn't have, had, you know, been able to have the opportunities that we have had, you know, because we weren't just, like... We started out with our, our I Spit on Your podcast, but then we started writing. And then because of those opportunities you sought out for us, you know, we, we've been published in Grimm Magazine. We've done Horror Homeroom. We've got our, like, we've had our voice out there as well. You know, we've presented live presentations at Salem Horror yeah. Fest, at Final Girls Berlin. We were invited by the Satanic Estate to do some pres- live presentations for them as yeah. well. And that was a huge opportunity. Like, when I asked you to do this with me, I never imagined us to be, to us to be where we are now like me regularly writing for another magazine you getting your audio commentary on (laughs) frontiers a new french extremity film right like it's only because i have people in low places i just ride the curtails of others But that's not true. You wouldn't have had those opportunities if you didn't seek those people out and create those relationships and create those opportunities for your, yourself. So I want to say, like, thank you so much for helping me get out of my comfort zone, helping our podcast get out of the comfort zone, getting us out there, coming out there and being that, you know, that metal queen with your, you know, your horns raised up in the air, being like, we're going to fucking do this. We're going to do this right. And I'm coming for you, people. Like, that is Kelly. That is, yeah. you know, and I'm the one back here just making sure it all works right. Like, like, we okay, just gotta sound technical. okay. Did I sound okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's the dynamic right. duo. If we were both like you, yes. we probably would have been dead in the water. If we we're both like me, probably nothing would get done. So, because nobody would be editing, <laughs> so just, nobody would be doing anything tedious, because I don't do tedious work. 
<laughs> exactly. It's teamwork makes the dream work. So we're like this perfect duo where we like both help uh, help each other with our weaknesses, yeah. but help also support each other with our strengths. Agreed. Friends through eternity, loyalty, five-year anniversary episode yay we want to thank dance the dead for our new intro and outro music kiss of the creature and to all of you listeners we want to remind you to follow us on our website spinstersofhorror.com we're on social media twitter facebook and instagram search for spinsters of horror we have a facebook group so come hang out with us it's called the spinsters of horror coven and because we watch so many movies now you should follow us on letterbox we have the horror spinsters you're gonna not see like all the horror stuff we're watching but everything that we're watching these days we're also on youtube under spinsters of horror where you can find live presentations or recordings of the various items that we've done then we also have my book club if you'd like to join my book club you just send me a direct message on instagram because i'm no longer on twitter or you can find me on threads and i can send you the discord server link for you to join also please visit our t public to purchase our merchandise because we've got something really exciting up there but we're not going to announce it yet but we'll announce it soon <laughs> just go check it out and buy it because it's really fucking awesome <laughs> And guess what, guys? We're not done celebrating. Nope. We're going to keep celebrating. We're carrying this yes, on queen. into next month. So next month, we are celebrating part two of our anniversary episode with a special episode with two people we absolutely adore in the horror community. And I'm very excited to do this crossover episode with Trace and Joe over at the Horror Queers, where we are going to talk aquatic horror. <sighs> it's going to be terrifying. But until then, remember... The future of fear is female. Female.